Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Uh, and the word of the Lord reads, uh, Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. There's something I want to uh, bring our attention to uh, before, just to share a little bit on Bartimaeus. Um, in that first verse, uh, it talks about uh, Jesus coming out of uh, the city Jericho. And I just wanted to focus on that city just briefly. Um, we're all familiar of the city Jericho. It's an ancient city. And we're familiar with it in, in the book of, of Joshua. Uh, we are reminded in that book that it was once a city that was occupied by the enemies of God. And it is a city that God miraculously brought low, miraculously bringing down the walls of Jericho. And by the children of Israel, uh, sacking the city and burning it to the ground. And there is something specific about that city. Uh, Joshua uh, records in Joshua 6.26, uh, it is recorded that Joshua puts a curse on any man that rebuilds this city. And specifically, he said, uh, curse be the man that rebuilds the city. And he said, they will lay the foundation at the expense of their firstborn son. And when they hang the gate, uh, that means to complete it and dedicate it, that they will do it at the expense of their youngest son. And we know that this curse was actually fulfilled in the days of Ahab, a time of great spiritual decline, a time uh, when uh, there was very consciousness, a very low consciousness of the presence of God, uh, very uh, a low disrespect or disregard for the word of God. And the Bible records specifically uh, in the days of Ahab in 1 Kings 16, uh, 34, uh, that this curse was fulfilled uh, on a man by the name of Hiel. Uh, the Bible records that uh, Hiel, uh, decided that he would rebuild the city. 
And he did so at the expense of his firstborn son, uh, Abiram. And when he hung the gate, he hung it at the expense of his youngest son, Segub. And it is a very uh, small picture of the misery of life in sin, life outside of the presence of God, a life lived as if there is no God, the misery of that life, the cursed condition of that life. It might be a life of great ambition. It might be a life of great accomplishment. It might be a life of great achievement. But at the end of the day, it's a cursed life, a life outside of Christ. Now, let's turn our attention back to Bartimaeus. Uh, the scripture tells us that uh, we have here a, a blind beggar sitting at the side of the road. Remember, he's not able to see. But uh, there is this great crowd coming out. There's Jesus coming out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. And I'm sure he hears this commotion and he wants to know what's all this commotion. And he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth. And I really like what uh, J.C. Ryle uh, says in his commentary uh, on the Gospels, says a lot of people don't use that title uh, in honor. Some people use that title contemptuously. Nazareth, we, we, we hear in the Gospels, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But we hear Jesus of Nazareth is coming. But even though this man is blind, and what I really love about this scripture is here we have God using uh, the weak things of this world to confound the things that are mighty. This man is blind, but yet the eyes of his understanding are enlightened. He's blind, but with the eyes of faith, he can actually see better than all the people around him. This isn't just Jesus of Nazareth. This is the one that the prophets have spoken of. This is the ones that the prophets have promised. And just to think of the, the type of scriptures that might have been in his mind, that he might have thought of. I just wanted to share some of them with you. Um, uh, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 9, 6, uh, 6 to 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Pay attention to the seventh verse. I, uh, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. His kingdom will just keep growing and growing and growing. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, forevermore, the zeal of the Lord will perform this. In that seventh verse, I missed that part where it says, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. In another place in Isaiah, Isaiah 16, 5, it says, in mercy, the throne will be established and one will sit on, sit in it in truth. In the tabernacle of David, judging, and seeking justice 
and hastening righteousness. In another place in Isaiah 22, 22, it says, the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut. And he shall shut and no one shall open. In Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34, 23 to 24, he says, I will establish one shepherd over them and he shall feed them. My servant, David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant, David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken. In Zechariah, uh, my favorites, uh, Zechariah 12, 7 to 8, he says, uh, the Lord will save the tents of Judah first so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall not become greater than that of Judah. In other words, I don't want anybody taking credit for what I'm going to do. Verse eight, in that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The one who is feeble among them in that day shall be like David and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. And I wonder if, if this one, uh, Bartimaeus must have had in his mind, Zechariah 13, 1, uh, it says, the prophet says, in that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Bartimaeus must have had in his mind this is the one that the prophets have been talking about. This is the one that the prophets have foretold. And it says that he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And there are some things about Bartimaeus that I, I really admire. He, he, he recognized who this is. He recognized this is the one promised. You know, he, and uh, he is not deterred by the hushing of the crowd. One of the things, he recognizes the misery of blindness. To live his life and, and not be able to see, you know, uh, I don't know if, he, if it's something from birth, but for people to tell him about what's going on and not being able to, to see what's going on, have to form a picture in his mind, but maybe not being able to form a picture in his mind because you've never seen these things at all. Wondering what the world looks like wanting your eyes to be open. And he, he, he throws his garment off, wanting his eyes to be restored. And I ask myself as I read this, do I recognize the misery of sin in myself, in the world around me, in my community? Does it make me desperate to cry out to God for mercy as this man cried out to God? And the, another wonderful thing about him is that he knows that Jesus is the only one that can answer his prayer and give him sight. And there's something about Bartimaeus that we should all meditate on. We, we are Bartimaeus. We are Bartimaeus. None of us have physically seen the works of the Lord, but we've heard about them. We've read his record of it. And we believe that this is the one that the prophets have promised. This is the one that is the Christ, 
the son of the living God. And like Bartimaeus, we recognize the misery of sin, the misery of life outside of Christ, the misery of living life as if there is no God. And it spurs us to come back to this prayer call again and again because we know that he's the only one that can answer our prayer in sending revival. And I think many of us, uh, maybe all of us, none of us have ever maybe physically seen a great revival or great awakening, but we know Jesus can answer our prayer. And I hope like Bartimaeus, as he casts off his garment, will cast off doubt, will cast off worry, will cast off pride, will cast off fear, will cast off those sins that easily beset us and weigh us down and come to him knowing that Jesus can answer our prayer. Jesus is the one that can do the thing that we want him to do, to send revival. Amen. God bless you.